This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. Hey, did you know this is episode 20 of the Green Strength Podcast? Does that feel like a, I don't know, a landmark to you? 20, uh, yes. I feel like that's a good amount it, of episodes never thought under it your is, belt. It is a lot of episodes. Does it feel like it's been 20 weeks? No. Of episodes? Doesn't. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Time flies. Time flies sometimes. Uh, but on that note, I do hope everybody that's been uh, listening since day one, we've, we've got a lot of people that are still listening from day one, uh, share this with a friend that you think might enjoy the Green Chain Podcast. Yeah, we need to know how we can help you, things that we can talk about, because I think the thing that we talk about the most is the fact that everything is so, like, when what we want to be able to educate and teach and, and let others know is that, like, everything is in context. Everything is so individual. So it really, uh, and with a lot of this stuff as far as fitness, it's, like, been said a million times across the internet we're I mean, you know we'd love to just keep talking about eating real food moving and uh thinking better thoughts and that's what we're gonna do but Absolutely. you know highlight some direction how are you today i'm pretty good how are you good it's good to see you again yeah i feel like i haven't seen you in a here. while it's been a minute yeah hey so speaking of people uh-huh. sharing the podcast um i want to give a shout out to Professor Brian Major over at uh, Martial Arts USA in Springfield, Missouri. That's my new home away from home for jujitsu. I think it's it's sort of close to the the lake area. Yeah, how far away? It's about an hour. I mean, okay. it, it's it's right about an hour, which is you know not that bad. Drive up, do some jujitsu, drive home. Yeah, um, you know, so it's not that bad from from where our lake place is. And man, super welcoming. They're obviously part of the team, so they're a Lovato yeah. affiliate. And uh, he's been sharing the podcast with their crew. He just started sharing and, and listening and sharing it with their folks, which is really cool. So shout out to uh, the Martial Arts USA folks. Yeah. But he sent me a question because he found out. He was like, hey, are you the Jeff that's been doing this podcast with Luke? And I'm like, I am. <laughs> Depends. <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> Why like, are you, you enjoy it? Does it or do you not? Yeah. Not me. Uh, but I'll let uh, him know. That's Jeff with a J. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> It's like weird. It says here. It's not right. Whoops. But he sent a question. I thought this yeah. would be awesome to present to you mm-hmm. and you, the the two of yous, about squatting. And so what, what he said is, um, and I'm just going to kind of read this. This is his question. It's like, I'm, I'm wondering what green strength does to achieve a deeper squat. Um, and he says, my guess is that that may depend on the individual, which of course is uh, is, is true, but... Um, he said he's been trying to achieve a deep squat and I'm currently at a stalemate. He says he's very close some days, but he suffered successive ankle injuries in college baseball as a freshman. And it's just really been working through ankle mobility all these years. And he says it would appear maybe I've been overlooking the adductors at this point with a little sort of shruggy of, I don't know. So kind of figuring out, you know, what can I do to improve my squat? And he says for him, it's purely from the mobility aspect and not necessarily a weight training aspect at this point. 
uh, which I think is an interesting thing to talk about, but that he seems like his mobility range would help to optimize an individual's athletic potential, particularly somebody who does jujitsu, right? Mobility is good for mm-hmm. that. That's um, obviously an asset to a pretty good degree. So um, kind of a couple of things there. Like he talked about the two aspects of yeah. just the mobility versus the strength, but also like rebuilding that squat pattern and, and like what does somebody do who feels like their squat is not where it should be from a mobility standpoint? Well, let me start with saying you're like first part of that question was asking like what the green strength way is the green strength way would be, you know, sit into a squat for, you know, the, the what's the, the five minute challenge a day, right? That that's what, that's a green strength way there. And what I'm trying to say is anything what the green strength ways are anything that is healthy and promotes health and longevity and vitality. So eating a healthy meal is doing a green strength thing. Going for a walk is, is being green strength. Sitting in a squat to gain better mobility is um, being green strength. Now, let's look at like what happens upon some of these recommendations. What if we're having trouble sitting in the squat to further get better at the squat? then it's not being green strength. We got to pull back. If there's, if there's pain or if there's a problem, we need to pull back and figure out. Now we've already got good evidence here with a history of ankle injuries and things we already know based on without even seeing and assessing this person, their ankle mobility has got to be limited. Their adductors have got to be something there that we know. Okay. So, I would first start to say, no matter what, we reverse engineer this pattern. We get to figure out where you can squat to comfortably, that is correct, and that is our baseline. And then we start to attack everything that that helps us have the ability to squat, whether that's ankle mobility, um, tib-fib rotation up in the, the shin, um, stretching the quadricep to just have more ability for the uh, the VMO in the quad to, to lengthen and um, there's so many factors, but there's those are just easy, basic step by step things that we've got to re- you know we got to go back to. Um, Highly, you can go ahead. Um, I think another thing too that's important to note. Um, I don't know how versed this person is in biomechanics, but I feel like a lot of times people are fed this information about this is why you can't do a deep squat or this one can't do this or this one can't do that. And sometimes it's valid and true, but sometimes it's just information that's been passed on, you know, like a general consensus about somebody like, okay, you've got poor ankle mobility. Well, this guy obviously has some ankle injuries so that could 100% be the case. But, um, until you get in and really work on it, don't try not to put ideas in your head about, well, I can't squat because of this. Because it may not actually be that. And you you may be lacking mobility in your hips or, mm-hmm. you know, like my issue with my back, it's like I have trouble like getting my knees into my belly, you know. So it could be a totally different problem. So don't give up on a certain thing or don't limit yourself um, to a consensus of why you're not performing this lift correctly because it could be something totally different. So let's look at a couple of main things that we know we are going to need to have a decently healthy squat. Um, I think one thing you were just saying though, is keep in mind your hip architecture, keep in mind, like, you know, 
the descendants of what you've originated from, and we're all different. Some people have shallow hip sockets, some people have deep hip sockets, and that changes in in what we're good at too. I mean, you, you know, I'm a I'm a from a Celtic ancestries, and you don't see a lot of deep, good, powerful squatters from that land. But what you do see is a lot of like Highland gamed athletes, um, throwing things, picking things up. Um, so, you know, we're better with a, a deadlift, so to say, hinging. But what I mean is like, I've got to identify where my squat is going to be and what is going to be healthy to my body. But there's going to be a couple of things that no matter what, even if you have a halfway decent squat, you're going to want to improve your ankle mobility. That's just going to help take stress off of your knees and hips and lower back. So we know that you've got to work ankle, you know, dorsiflexion and plantar flexion, inversion and eversion. You've got to work the sides as well. So foot and ankle, basic stuff. And then we know we need to strengthen tibialis anterior. We've got to be able to, you know, strengthen the tibialis so that we can get a little bit more range of motion in our squats, get a little bit better dorsiflexion in the ankle. That's going to help improve ankle mobility anyways. And then the third thing is clean our hips up. We have to have a decently balanced internal, external rotation. It doesn't have to be the greatest, but it needs to be decently balanced. Mm-hmm. And we need to just kind of loosen up our glutes and get into our hips a little bit. These are going to be basic things. So if we're taking somebody who's hurting trying to squat, we know we can go back and start to maximize those. The prescription of exercises is going to be somewhat basic. It's literally going to be the type of stuff that you could Google and you're going to find like five best hip stretches. Like you're going to find pretty much the same stuff across the board. I think the main thing here is the attention and the time that you put into that stuff. And so if I had to give a recommendation, I want to hear what you guys thought. It's kind of like, okay, well, let's work on, let's teach you a couple of different ankle mobility exercises, and let's work on these for two weeks every day. Mm-hmm. You know, what about the squat? No, the squat's going to come. You know, now we're going to go to tib fib two weeks here. We're taking a slow approach and we're working into the squat. Good thing. I think we're all on board. Good things are going to happen. And that's probably what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I kind of think of it in the context of having just come back from an injury and, you know, I go in and talk to my physical therapist and he says, okay, I need you to do these things. And we're going to do them today. And then I need you to do them at least three more times this week, you know? And so you have this menu of exercises, movements, whatever. And it started out, I had dysfunction, right? Like I had lost muscle tone, I had lost mobility, I had lost balance. And we started from a very basic starting point. I wasn't jumping around on one leg until well into, you know, my, my, uh, recovery. And so same thing like this, right? You've got some sort of dysfunction. So baby steps, because like you said, if you're going to go and do well, I'm just going to go and keep squatting. Well, your squat's not working right now. Like you've got to deconstruct that a little bit. You got to back up, yeah. push pause and say, okay, what's not working in it. And it's these individual pieces. And so maybe I need to work those individual pieces and then we'll work into it. And so doing that, but doing the homework, I mean, this is what I tell everybody that I, I'm people that are injured. It's always like, go see a physical therapist before you go talk to a surgeon for one thing. Um, but then do your homework. Like you, you're not going to get better or see improvement by doing it one day a week. It's just not right. Like 
the especially, I think that's especially true on these like corrective type things is that like they're like, you've got to spend the time doing them consistently multiple days per week where like, you're not necessarily going to go deadlift heavy seven days a week, but what you're talking about, like doing like small ankle mobility type things, like you got to do those, you got to do your homework. And so I, yeah, I a hundred percent. My favorite part of this is you have to, you have to have a good teacher too. Like you have to, what we're getting at is you have to, to learn how to do these simple exercises and then do them consistently. And then they're going to start to, they're going to show you the way. I mean, within a, a, a week or two of consistent effort, all of a sudden things are opening up. You're moving on to next progressions and those next progressions are, they're showing themselves in nature anyways. It's like, oh, I'm getting closer and closer to where I was going. It's like, oh, great. Yeah. That's how, that's how it works. Well, in this case too, I don't, I don't know how old professor Brian is. He talked about getting injured as a freshman in college. Um, you know, he's probably around the same age as, as us in that range. Right. So this is also something that's been going on for a long time, right? This isn't like, oh, I just got injured. These are injuries that go back some amount of time. And so it's going to take time to, to work out of this. Yeah. It's realigned. Then you've got to adapt into that realigning and, and, your ad adaptation is only going to be as good as the environment you put it in, you know. So um, that kind of leaves me to a like an interesting thing like that Hiley and I have been talking about. It's, it's like training around <laughs> injury and training around like, you know, faulty movement patterns and stuff. And um, there's a... I think that there's an easy way to talk and it's the same answer we give Brian here. If there's pain in the squat, do not squat, start deconstructing it and figuring out if there's pain in a movement, especially where highly and I have experience in, in back pain, um, then you stop. Okay. Pain is, is it's not something you push through, but where we are, I think where we are skilled at basically like being able to work around stuff is, is also being like exercise professionals, but it's also, it's kind of like, you know, we're professionals. We're like professional exercise athletes, <laughs> even though we don't compete. That's like who and what we are. So we're going to, we're going to break the, the, uh, the norm of prescription a little bit here. If I have an everyday weekend warrior, everyday, like regular person, then my first thing is stop pain and we need to start finding all the ways that you can move around pain. And that is like, that's where we, we live and we have to build capacity in that area before we ever come back and try to start exercising and finding things that work there. Okay. Professional athlete, you're looking a little different. You're looking at like, okay, get out of pain, but then also look to perform. And then kind of be balancing that back and forth. And that's that's very hard. The normal person needs to find comfort, rewire themselves slowly in a in long-term process, and then get back into performance. But, you know, as Hiley and I like to do, we like to to play and move and lift things. And so I think we've developed strategies that make the balance of those two worlds because they usually don't work very well together. You know, usually if you're the athlete and you don't take the time to go all the way back 
to not having pain, not having dysfunction, then you can usually have some success coming back into, you know, performance. But if you're trying to juggle those worlds, you're usually just kind of stringing yourself out too long. And I think that's um, an area where both of us have a, a lot of experience is knowing when we have strung ourselves out too long. And too long can be a matter of a week to two weeks, but we're on this constant roller coaster of understanding of one bad rep can throw us out. And so trying to stay fit, trying to be a high performer, trying to stay healthy, trying to still have these healthy movement patterns. Because to what Brian's talking about is, is the squat. Like that's something that takes me a lot of conscious effort to get into. And depending on the time that I'm trying to get into it, it's going to be dictated on how long did you give me to kind of warm up and get things ready to where I, you know, I need them to go. And so what I'm really looking at in these exercises, like I'm, I need to still have these like healthy movement patterns, but I'm also still trying to perform at a high level around things that I can't do. And it's, it's a weird skill, but the only way that it can happen is if you stay out of pain, like you can't do things that have pain. Am I right? Right. And I think a good question and this it brings me to kind of like my thoughts on how you and I work around these back pain issues. So my number one question and just using this as an example, you know, the help with the deeper squat is what are your goals of squatting deeper? Are you just wanting more mobility in your hips because you want to do better in jujitsu or are you wanting to get stronger? Um, and so we take something like a squat, say, and that's just not comfortable right now, or we're working on it. So we need to go back and do these exercises to try and improve our mobility and our ankles and improve a strength in our legs and fire up our glutes, all of these things, right? It's not working right now. So what can we do that also accomplishes those goals of the squat? Mm -hmm. Since the squat's not working, like what other you know, quote unquote, squatting exercise can we do? Maybe it's a split squat. Maybe it's just a lunge. Maybe it's a Cossack. Mm -hmm. Like there's tons of other ways to fire up the glutes and fire up the quads and strengthen the hamstrings. You know, all of these things that we like to accomplish with our hinges and our squats. And there's hundreds of variations on both of these. And that's one thing that I've really had to pay attention to recently is knowing that, you know, this back pain, it's not going to go away. It's never going to fix itself. There are going to be days, maybe weeks, sometimes maybe even a month or two where I feel no pain and I'm feeling great and I can do all the things. But for the most part, this is just a battle that I'm having every day. And there are lots of days that I just can't swing a kettlebell. And that's one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it's hard not to do it. And right. it's hard not to push through the pain because I can. But I know better than that now. And I've done it long enough to where if I do that and my back's not feeling great, number one, I'm going to overcompensate with something. And then not only is my back going to hurt, but then possibly my knee, something else. So you're just you're, you're doing yourself an injustice by pushing through the pain, so to speak, um, you know, and and that can be a double-edged sword to to some point, which we can get into a little later. Um, 
but just knowing that these movement patterns that we like to do on a regular basis, the hinge, the squat, the push, the pull, you know, if, if this push isn't working for you, if this hinge isn't working for you, there probably is a variation that will, or maybe you just need to do something with less weight or not loaded at all. You're still going to improve your mobility. You're still going to improve your strength by completing the exercise. So go ahead. I just, I feel like so many times, you know, we're about to start a class or something and we're going to do maybe an overhead press. I was like, Oh man, my shoulders really bother me. And they're like, They've still ripped out a you know fifty pound kettlebell to do overhead presses, and you're like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> if you're telling me that it hurts, maybe we should look at another option. And there's still plenty of things you can do to get that benefit. Like you were pointing out, there's a million different variations to get the benefit of a squat without squatting, where maybe one of those doesn't hurt. And I think that's such an important key. There is like, if there's something that is bothering you, uh, there's an alternative that you can still get the benefit you're looking for. You just got to go about it in a different way. And, and I, and I think, you know, we're talking about too, where a lot of the way to get through a lot of this stuff is movement. I mean, there is some rest component, especially to like a, an acute injury, Mm -hmm. but what do we say? Motion is lotion, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, movement is medicine. And so it is still finding ways to move. And, and we're talking about fixing this mobility through exercise, um, which can seem counterintuitive or something that hurts. Oh, I need to rest. It's like, well, maybe there are things you can do that will not activate that pain that will improve everything and still get many, many benefits out of it. I just think those are good points. A hard part that I'm dealing with currently, even with this, um, is okay. We, we've got somebody who's got some back pain is coming back into training with us. Now, the number one thing and it's good for her is to be here and be moving and, and be a part of stuff. But the hardest thing is what she needs to understand is that all she should really do is just whatever feels good and just try to move. We get looking into like, like exercise is going to, to fix us and help us. Movement and being and feeling good and creating that motion as lotion is what's going to heal us. Where we where we still see the problems is when people are still trying to, well, I should be able to do the, these exercises are healthy. These are good. It's like, don't even go to that stuff right now. If, you, if anything even remotely starts to trigger that experience, that feeling, whatever it is, um, you got to get away from it. You got to move and, and pick something else. And I think we undervalue the ability of just, ground-based mobility and walking and continuous walking. And, and those are, you know, my biggest go-tos when I'm completely banged up. I got to re like, I want to keep exercising. I want to do stuff. So it's just moving, you know, and ironically, that's how you rewire people anyways. So what we're really looking at is, you know, if you're in the gym trying to push it around pain and anything is firing any signal of pain up, find something else, as Harley was talking about, that you can still do that doesn't cause pain. Problem solved. Now you're still being strong. You're still getting exercise. You're still lifting weights. You're still you know, getting a lot of those same benefits, but you're not pushing through stuff. And chances are when you do that, more times than not, a lot of this is just a product of our own routine, okay? Like it's our own 
dogmatic routine that we unconsciously go through every day, and it's, it's why we are the way we are. There's a lot of exercise that both Hailey and I do that is probably not the greatest thing for us, even though we do it. We're aware of that. Like there's a <laughs> fine line a little bit here and there, and there's a, a million great things we do, and that's what keeps us going all the time. But what I'm really trying to say is like we don't need that much stuff. We can always go back and just figure out what works and train around things, and you're going to be good. And, but you always have to question the why, as Brian's question was, why can't I get into the squat? Start to break it down. If it's your ankles, knees, like what's hurting on your body, what's dysfunctional, and we, we just got to reverse engineer and break those things down and spend more time on them. But most people, what I was thinking about earlier is most people end up, when you're forced to have to do a bunch of stuff that feels good, it's usually the stuff they need right? Because mm-hmm. then they're usually limited on things like planks and side planks and stuff when it's core routines. They might not be throwing medicine balls around and stuff with a back or whatever. So then you usually find out what you need. It usually takes you away from the stuff you've been too assholish with. Yeah. Trying to be a big meathead. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it brings me to a good point. It's like that ego that we just can't let go of sometimes, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of things that I do that feel good in a different way. It feels good to be able to do certain things with my body. And there are days when those things don't feel good physically. (laughs) So there's a fine line between choosing if this feels good physically or does it just feel good emotionally or is this my ego taking over and telling me like, yeah, you've got to do that heavy kettlebell swing. Like I don't, I I have had to learn to cut that ego out. I mean, even as a yogi and having this idea in my head for so many years about the ego and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it's no big deal, but it is a real thing because when you're active, especially if you're fit, having an injury that is pulling you back can be such a big shock to the ego and you don't even realize it until you start finding yourself questioning whether or not you should do something when there's pain. Because like Luke said, if there's pain, then you shouldn't do it. (laughs) If it's not feeling good physically, you should back off. You should choose something else. You should slow down, whatever it is. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. When somebody has back pain, um, and they're, they're hurting and they're asking for advice. What are some common things that people tell them? Like you'll hear one could be yoga. Oh, I've heard a million. Right. Um, Sideline exercises, glute activations. Okay. You hear the gym, you know, the things that you should be doing in the gym. And you hear these things that on, can all have potential, but mm-hmm. that we're both looking at it and like, well, no, this is what everybody messes up. Mm-hmm. And then they hurt themselves worse. So what you need first, because my, my point to this is you're a yogi. Mm-hmm. You own a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've told me before that you've done too much yoga in a week and your back hurt worse. I've done too much yoga in the last 10 years. And unfortunately, uh, you know, you just have to know your body. 
I'll say that. This is super so, pervasive in like the jujitsu community too. The amount of times you hear people recommend yoga to like fix an injury or something. It's like, it's, I'm sure you, you have to see it all the time. All the time. Your first thing is not to jump on one of these things that everybody's going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Your first thing is to start doing things outside of pain. So your first training plan is literally like stop d- doing shit that hurts. So if your back hurts, and you try to do a bunch of stuff in the gym, but it always hurts in the gym. Well, stop doing all that stuff. If it hurts when you bend over to tie your shoes, then figure out a new way to bend over and tie your shoes <laughs> every Luke time. And I both have to figure out how to you, do that. At you have points. got to start living outside of pain for some s- series of time first before you can even start to attack. Like that's just this is this is not Luke. Tyree Wisdom, this is Dr. Stuart McGill, you know, one of the world's leading back and spine specialists. Like, this is straight from him. Got to get outside of pain. Then you have to rebuild probably step one, then step two, step three. If you're privileged, you have great genetics, you've been had a, a, a highly athletic background, then you might be step three, step four when you get to start back in. Who knows? But... It doesn't like it all starts the same. You could take yourself as far away from that shit as you can and you rebuild yourself up. And then when you get back to that door, you slowly walk in and you test it. And then, you know, that that's the that's the pyramid. That's the recipe for it. But I think the stuff that we could talk about this whole time is our ego and how we feel like in so many different ways. Cause I can think of so much stuff just like of people pushing through pain because of like that, that weight loss. Like I'm on a, like I need to lose weight. I have to look a certain way. I can't exercise. I'm hurting, but I have to do more. And it's like, no, these are those hard moments in which you just got to become an adult and realize that like, maybe if moving a lot right now is painful and I just told you to stop doing things that are painful and you're not going to be able to burn as many calories and stuff moving around, then you got to get your diet in check. And we talked about that last week. You right. can't depend solely on your exercise yeah. to be fit. Yeah. You got to be, I mean, and for sure course. not to be at a healthy weight, you can't depend on exercise. Right. And I think that's a big one that you'll see just people just chasing chasing more exercise and chasing through pain more more hours on the treadmill or yeah well i mean i don't know our industry sells it too though you know we sell the fact that like you if you're going to be healthy professor brian major you should be able to sit in a squat well and that was my point too is like what are why do you need to why do you need to get into this deep of a squat Right. Is it for a, a specific performance purpose? You know, that's understandable. But a lot of times it's like you think you need to sit in a steep squat because someone's told you, like, you need to get your ass below your knees. Well, do you, though? <laughs> hey, let me tell you <laughs> like, what. Do one you inch, really? One inch below 90 degrees is <laughs> You're not below parallel. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. But, like, again, like, it's like yeah. some of us have problems where we can't. You know, there are days that I can't, I, I got to hit that 90 and that's it. Like yeah. I'm not going any lower with weight on my back or with weight in the front. Yeah. So there, there's there's going to be an optimal depth for Mr. Professor Brian. But 
the function of everything around the squat is what has got to be diligently cleaned up. And you can't listen to all the other people who just try to say, oh, to do this or sit in a squat for five minutes a day and like do this. Like that's the stuff that gets thrown around. Just like go to yoga, you know, when your back hurts, it's like, well, maybe if you could go do a one-on-one with Hailey, then there's exactly. a perfect teacher who could keep you out of pain. <laughs> And start to develop as she's taking you through an hour-long yoga class. She can, A, help keep you out of the pain. B, assess and start to visualize and figure out ways that you can practice outside of your pain. Um, But that's an investment into somebody. If you go and you just start doing any of these exercises to fix back pain or these ankle mobility exercises. And yeah, a lot of them are going to have great return of investment stuff, like good things are going to happen still. But it serves you better to just say, okay, this is something I'm about to employ in my life. I'm really going to actually take some time. I'm going to educate myself on it. I'm going to, you know, I, we've got good coaches that can send us good recommendations and, and things to follow, but it really comes down to us battling our ego, getting away from the pain and building ourselves back up to the ability to hopefully do the shit we want to do. I think this goes back to at, towards the end of last week's episode, we were talking about being skeptical of the things you hear, but also your own beliefs. And you're highly, you said something about, you know, why do I, do I really need to go all this deep in the squat? And it feels like, I guess I've, I've just been doing this just long enough now to think back when I first started getting interested in like fitness and all this, that there was a lot of people saying like, you shouldn't be squatting ass to grass. But now there's like an obsession where like, if you're squatting, you have to be squatting ass to grass, right? Like that's like, it's weird that I feel like that, that shift where it's like, all the fitness trends, they go back and forth. Yeah. And it's like, now it's like, oh, if you're not, that's the only way to do it. Right. And so like, you know, you may, everybody may be saying that today, but five years ago, they were saying the exact opposite. And the squat is a great example of that because Luke and I have talked about this a lot. Everybody's squat is a little bit different and everybody's mobility is different, but more importantly, like literally everyone's skeleton is different. You know, everybody's joints move a little bit differently. And unfortunately, some people have a little more restriction in their joints than others. And the hips are a perfect example of that. And, you know, Luke and I both have very similar back pain issue, but that doesn't mean it comes from the same place. It's, it could be, but we could be experiencing the same symptoms coming from two completely different sides. Like we problems yeah, in yeah. biomechanics. You yeah. know, I think a lot of my issue, and I'm saying I think because I don't know and neither does anyone else, um, you know, I've always thought my issue is that there's too much movement in my hips and in my spine, and that's why I'm having all these issues. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> we ne- <laughs> We will never know unless someone – lets you move in an MRI, which you can't do. <laughs> so until there's a, a, a piece of equipment that can show us what's happening inside of our body, when it's moving, we will really never know why these issues are occurring. And I would say my current back pain is a product of living a healthier lifestyle the last couple of years and getting better mobility in my joints. See? <laughs> I mean, that's, I know that's probably blowing people away, but it's like, 
I during the years of string sports, I was able to to basically compress and create a highly stable tense body. Yeah. I think we build mobility, but then we load our bodies with all of this. Oh, my horsepower is all still flexibility. there. That's, see, that's the thing. And that's, I think, where the danger occurs. Mm-hmm. And I think some of us are predisposed, given our literal skeletal makeup and biomechanical regimen. But I think that I, I've just seen it more and more lately. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's why we've been talking about it and obsessed with it because, and I, I hate saying I see it a lot in the gym, but I do see it a lot in the gym. And, and that's, and that's not because they're getting injured in the gym. It's because they love their gym group. And <laughs> so they want to be in the gym. They're getting injured in life and all the things we do, gym included, yes. But it's like, man, we cannot accept that like, we can't do stuff, but there's still a whole world to do. I think that's what we're talking about. It's like, you know, I want you to rack up to the person that's listening that that really hurts when they're exercising and they try to go to their group class, but they can't even hold to get through the warm up because some of the positions like don't get into those, don't experiment with shit. <laughs> do what you do for 60 minutes or whatever the class yeah, is going and it. just breathe and move. And like, that's, that's where it all starts. And as you continue down that process, you're going to find like more and more stuff you can do. And as long as you stay away from pain, things probably will speed up a lot quicker. I mean, it's, it usually works that way. But I think like what we were talking about and like what we're meaning is that fitness has never been more, these trends come and go and fitness is popular right now. Mm-hmm. And functional fitness is popular right now. Very. And I think people are just wiggling and moving and lifting and just into dysfunction. And they're calling it health. They're selling it as health, a lot of trainers and stuff. And it's a weird, weird time that all these seemingly healthy things are what's breaking us down because of our own lack of self-control. And that's seriously what it is. I was just telling my boyfriend last night that you know, I've been having a hard time in yoga. And a lot of it is because of my ego. You know, I've done these things before. I like how they feel as far as like an accomplishment, so to speak. Um, Especially when it comes to extension. It's like making myself hold back an extension is really tough in yoga. And I've just had to learn over time that you know, and we don't practice a ton of hyperextension in my studio, but, um, you know, even little things that it just, it doesn't feel good. It produces a lot of instability in my pelvis and it hurts. And it's like, why am I pushing through this? This is so stupid. Like, what am I trying to prove? You know, am I trying to prove it to myself? Am I trying to prove it to my studio that I'm a better yogi and I want to make a good impression? It's like, What am I doing? (laughs) Jeff, where do you draw the line between this correct thing that's out there? It's a very beautiful thing that's happened the last couple of years, but that like harden the fuck up. Like, come on, go, get your life together, get your shit together, start eating good food, 75 hard, let's go, David Goggins style. And then it's like. It's it's tough. And like I approach it from a little bit even different standpoint because 
my day-to-day is desk job, right? And so if I'm sitting at work eight hours at a desk and then I leave work and I come straight to the gym and I'm like, no, I'm going to smash it. Like that's another way to just develop that dysfunction, right? This goes back to that hypothetical healthy human that we've talked about of like, okay, you come work out in the gym for an hour a day. What are you doing the other 23 hours that day? Like, are you doing, are you going for a walk? Because I find if I'm going for a daily walk and I'm consistent with that, my lower back feels a whole lot better. You know, it's like a little, like on top of coming to the gym and everything else, that means I'm, that's a 30, 45 minutes that day that I'm not sitting and I'm doing something that's low impact, feels good, makes my body feel better from head to toe. And so like, it's so much of it is, again, going back to what Professor Brian is like, it's probably individual for most people. And it is because like our, your dysfunction and my dysfunction and Hailey's dysfunction, our lower backs all feel bad at times. And it's all for very, very different reasons. Mine sitting too much, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not standing up and moving around and, and, and stretching enough because I'm sitting at a desk for three hours or eight hours and then I'm sleeping for eight hours. And then, you know, it's just, you get wrapped up into that. So, um, it, it, it man, it's so different, but it does come down to being where you're at now, right? This is one of the green strength pillars of, of being present of what's my body feel like now. Let's not do things that are painful, but then try to be a little more well-rounded as opposed to, I'm going to come into the gym for this one hour and I'm just going to like kill it. It's like, let's be a little more reasonable as well so that we're not just like, that's not the only time we have to be healthy. Let's try to be healthy more throughout our day. And that probably helps head off some of this dysfunction and pain that we cause if you're like me, one of these desk job people as well. And so it's, how do we... Uh, just be more moderate in, in all these things we're doing. Yeah, I, I think the be here now principle is, is good because like that daily self-reflection, that meditation of slowing down and looking at these things that inspire us and kind of give us that adrenaline rush because that stuff is like needed. Like we we have the balance, the yin and the yang. We need that, but it can't be all the time and it can't be near as much as the restful side. You know, we can't depend on it to... We, we can't fall apart if we don't get our hit workout in today. Yeah, like the the hard, and that's the weird thing is that the sleeping, the resting, the recovering, the meditating is not near as sexy to sell. It's not near as fun to see. So what should be like a three to one ratio is a one to three ratio of everybody's kind of habits, you know? And um, I don't I don't know. Like I, I find like, we need to take that say, that daily self-reflection and we need to like look at like what inspires you, what gets you uh, getting that, that juice of thinking. But then like, okay, now let me be a, like a real human being and put this into my big picture. Like let me look at my plan. Where am I going to use this motivation? Like where do I really need to fucking bring it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be here. And like keep that cycle going versus just – getting into this vicious cycle of like getting shit done. And that's what, you know, in the exercise world, that's what happens. Everybody's just trying to get shit done all the time. They never want to take a lighter day. You know, at first they do. First you find people that start exercising. They love that kind of deload day that like, oh, recovery day today. Cool. But then as they break through that stuff, then they want that. They, They never want that again. It's just hard all the time. And even if we're going to do recovery, how do we sweat? You know, <laughs> yeah. like how do I sweat? How do we burn so, calories yeah. in recovery? So I don't know. Um, I think that 
one of the most important things that you can do um, if you're having chronic back pain specifically, you know, there's a difference between chronic back pain and having like an acute injury, even if it's like, oh, I threw my back out. That's probably going to resolve itself, you know, pretty quickly and you'll be back on your feet. But if you're having chronic, especially lower back pain, I feel is more common chronically, um, you are going to have to figure out how to work around it. Because if you don't, you're going to go crazy. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to lose you know, the physical aspect of your movement, but you're also going to be very emotionally unstable <laughs> if you, if you let it, because you're not going to be able to do the things that you want to do exercise wise, most likely, you know, there's going to be days where you're going to have to take it easy. And, um, but I think one of the most important things to think about is who are you training with? Are you training with someone that can look at your body and your mechanics and say, okay, it hurts when you're doing this. Well, let's do something else. But not everybody knows what that something else is, you know? Like, not everybody is skilled in finding the right exercise for you. So find a trainer or a therapist that you can trust that's going to keep looking and keep researching and keep figuring out what's going to work for you. How can you keep moving your body with minimal pain and how can you not and how can you cause how can you um not cause more damage (laughs) man i think it's great have like trainers have a, a unique opportunity to like they have it's scary of how much health and wellness I mean, how much like that we can do or do against people, you know, I mean, trainers, as far as somebody's physical health, trainers are up there with having one of the biggest impacts. And I hate to say this because I don't want to be a Debbie Downer at the end of the podcast, but the majority of, if we're talking about real good, pain-free, biomechanically sound exercise, there aren't very many trainers out there doing that. And I don't think that that means that there are very many trainers that don't know how to do that. I think that there are too many trainers that are stuck in the world of like, I got to give these people just enough. And I have, I have to do that at times. I'm one of those people. I've got to do a little bit of what people want so they'll stick around versus do what they need. And I think when it comes to when we're really talking about pain and pain management or biomechanics or getting you know, serious life-changing results, my tone completely changes. Then it's like, man, like we got to, we got to nail everything down. We got to be on top of our shit. But. And what's crazy is like, I have clients all the time, like, okay, we're doing kettlebell swings today. I see them do a set and then I see them put their hand on their back. I'm like, is your back bothering you today? Yeah. It's feeling kind of tight. Okay. Well then we're not going to swing anymore. But it's like, you know, don't be afraid to tell your trainer how you're feeling. And if something's bothering you that day before you work out, because, you know, we have written this workout for you ahead of time, but maybe we need to change it. And a good trainer will know how to do that. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Lots of good advice, guys. Uh, Professor Brian, I hope that uh, helps answer some of the questions uh, that you had and then some. Um, 
We need it's to be, good. It's we'll good get to know. Contact with Professor Brian. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what's up. I know. See Mr. the squat. Yes. There you go. We'll get him I'm invested now. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna. He doesn't know what he unlocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get them on a get them on a Zoom here with uh-huh. with you guys. Maybe yes. we can have a, a live assessment and record it, and maybe that'll be a podcast here yeah, soon. Is really fun. Is is going through? Uh, yeah, we actually we could do that. We're gonna make that happen. So, Professor Brian, get ready. Uh, we're gonna unpack your squat and see what we got to do to rebuild you. We fully, have the te- we have the technology. Fully clothed assessment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing weird. Full gi on. Yeah. Nothing yeah, weird. Nothing weird. Yeah. Nothing weird so. Well, guys, we have reached the end of this Green Strength ep- episode, Green Strength podcast episode, and um, man, lots of good stuff for me to ponder too. I appreciate, I always love your guys' wisdom that, that gets shared here, and also good to know that uh, I'm not the only one that has a, a tight lower back, so <laughs> we're all out there with it. But uh, Coach Hiley, you have any closing thoughts for, for the people out there? Um, I, th- I think that if you're having chronic low back pain specifically, I mean, there's lots of different back pains, so I'll you know, tone it down to that. Um, listen to your body. Don't push through the pain. You're going to have pain on a regular basis. You're going to have pain getting in and out of your car some days. You know, you've got to figure out how to move around and do it in a way that's not going to bring you to your knees every time you bend over to pick something up. And that's, that's doable. It, it can be done, but you have to hang around the right people and you need to listen to your body. Perfect. Coach Luke, what do you got? Go for walks. That's that's step number one. If you're in pain walking, then you're in some trouble. We need to slow down. But uh, no, people need to to build up that capacity. I don't don't think people think uh, one of the things we didn't talk about very much on the when we talked about walking was, you know, just how important the QL is in a gait and just stability (laughs) as we step from one foot to the other. And walking is one of the greatest exercises for gait and ql strength stability all the above so that's going to be the number one thing as of always if we're talking about general health that's going to lead into performance you better have a uh, capacity and an engine to be able to move on a daily basis so if you don't get started there perfect well we're going to close out this episode of the green strength podcast thank you so much for everybody that keeps coming back Here on episode 20, everyone that's been here, whether this is your first episode or your 20th episode, we appreciate you so much. Please share it. And hey, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, one last request, go ahead and leave us a rating. That helps other people find the podcast. And so we appreciate you so much. And we'll see you next time on the Green Street Podcast. Podcast.